Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the September-October 2017 California Freemason Magazine, and is called Morals and Machines, written by Keith Groves and Laura Binnies. Do you remember when the iPhone was introduced? It was 2007, and many regarded it as a luxury gadget for only the most tech-obsessed. Most of us had no idea just how revolutionary and influential it would become. That seems like a very long time ago. Today, the smartphone has not only pervaded society, it has changed it. It's also changed us, how we earn a living, how we connect with each other, how we wait in line. It's changed our attention spans and anxiety levels, and the very wiring of our brains. Just a decade ago, the world didn't know what to make of the smartphone. Now it's a challenge to convince most people to put theirs away for 20 minutes. What is strange today may be commonplace tomorrow, and things are about to get stranger. Cars that drive themselves, smart drugs made of living cells, a surveillance drone that can teach itself about its environment because it is built with the learning capacity of a human brain. These examples sound like science fiction, but most are already reality, just waiting on our front steps, probably in an Amazon box, ready to be invited in. Others are around the corner and closing in fast. Many have the potential to shape society in ways as profound and unpredictable as the smartphone, if not more so. Convenience, cure, security, entertainment. These are some of the benefits packaged within them. But there are ethical concerns too, often buried in the fine print. Here we look at just a few examples of technologies that will shape the future and the moral questions they pose. Then we consider how masonry can help the world look for answers. For generations now, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, published in 1932, has been standard high school reading. In the novel's dystopian future, the population is genetically engineered. The human race has been bred into separate castes, and behavior is widely modified via artificial hormones. In recent years, science has caught up with Huxley's imagination. Technology is moving in on the very building blocks of our existence, our cells. So-called nanobots, or tiny robots the size of a millionth of a millimeter, could soon be used to track a person's hormones and automatically administer antidepressants when levels dip. Viruses could soon be cured at the genetic level thanks to technology that edits the DNA that causes them. Studies are underway to see if one gene editing process called CRISPR-Cas9 could be used to stop cancer cells from multiplying. Needless to say, the potential benefits are extraordinary. Imagine how biotechnology could transform the life of someone afflicted with a debilitating disease. Instead of prescribing medicine that hammers bluntly away at symptoms, causing side effects only marginally more tolerable than the disease itself, a nanobot could go right to the source, dismantling the disease at its root. It could help a person live longer, certainly. It could also potentially rewrite the book on his or her quality of life. Unfortunately, some of our most difficult moral questions fall under the slippery slope argument. 
that by allowing practices that seem beneficial today, we may start a dangerous trend that results in the unthinkable. Many emerging technologies are perched on a steep incline. It may not be too long before CRISPR-Cas9 or similar processes could be used to edit the genes of embryos found to have disease-causing mutations. For example, to remove the genes that cause Huntington's disease, a degenerative brain order. This begs the question, should the technique be used for more than just diseases? What about to increase a child's IQ or even athleticism? To what extent should parents be allowed to change the genetic makeup of their future offspring? What about all the families without access to this technology? Since it's likely to be very expensive, how would we prevent it from being used to further stratify society? Hereditary traits can often impact longevity and quality of life. Could we see an even larger disparity between the upper and lower classes as a result of genetic engineering? These questions are just the beginning, and they're not limited to biotechnology. Every branch of technology has its own dilemmas. Take driverless cars, also known as autonomous vehicles, or AVs. These cars are rapidly becoming a reality, with traditional car manufacturers and technology firms racing to get their vehicles on roads across the world. The effects can hardly be understated. The advent of AVs will impact our city layouts. Urban areas will no longer need to provide large parking areas. Your car can simply park itself outside the city and come to you when needed. AVs on dedicated highways could easily move at 200 miles per hour, staying in constant communication with each other, like automata or a flock of birds. There's no question that a computer will be a better driver than a person. In 2013, there were roughly 33,000 motor vehicle-related deaths in the United States and more than 1.4 million worldwide, with more than 90% caused by human error. By contrast, AVs can detect objects a human would be unable to see from a quarter mile away and predict their movement using a retinue of LiDAR, radar cameras, artificial intelligence, and software. The marvels of modern technology, indeed. The, these features are compelling, but there are strings attached. The algorithms that direct AVs are written by humans. Many of them contain questions that hinge on the fundamental value of one human life versus another. Somehow, an AV needs to know what to do in every situation without human input. Thus, a programmer will have to code an answer to scenarios where the car must choose between protecting the driver, passenger, pedestrian, and surroundings. Imagine taking an AV down Highway 1 for a cruise to Big Sur. The car comes whipping around the corner to find a family crossing the road. With no option to swerve and miss them, does the AV drive off the cliff, almost certainly killing the driver, does it continue and hit the family? Should the AV be built to determine between the relative ages of the pedestrians to protect children? What if the passenger is an important surgeon or politician? These questions may seem lifted from the pages of a college philosophy exam. They may seem hypothetical. But in five years, they will play out on the streets we use to get to work, daycare, and the corner store. They're already being coded into early models of AVs far beyond the layperson's view. Who gets to answer them? MIT's Moral Machine Project is gathering public opinions on various scenarios. Is crowdsourcing the way to go? Should ethics experts decide? Or the owner of the car itself? There's another problem here. Consider that an autonomous taxi or truck requires no lunch breaks, no vacation requests, no naps, and no overtime pay. Such vehicles will be far more efficient than those with human drivers. That sounds like a benefit until we think about what AVs displace. 
there are roughly 230,000 taxi drivers in the United States and 3.5 million truck drivers. What about them? It's a question that looms larger with every advance in robotics and artificial intelligence, or AI. And it goes well beyond self-driving cars. Sooner than we might be prepared for, robots and AI will replace most manual, repetitive jobs, even in industries once thought untouchable. A Japanese insurance company has already replaced their claims workers with IBM's Watson AI. The San Francisco Bay Area already has robotic coffee shops and pizza joints. What of the nation's 3.6 million fast food restaurant workers? Add to that automobile factory workers, and soon taxi and truck drivers, and workers from any number of other industries. According to an article posted by the World Economic Forum, we already have robot lawyers capable of defending parking ticket violations, an AI that can deliver a medical diagnosis as well as a human doctor, robot journalists, and even AI therapists that can outperform their human counterparts in terms of drawing out necessary personal information from patients. There is a common saying in business, no one is irreplaceable. The latest technology gives it new urgency. What will become of the people whose jobs will soon be displaced? What work alternatives will they have in this modern era? With automation already a fact of life, the question isn't so much if as what and when. How can we recognize and support those stranded by changing times? This goes to the social contracts that bind us together. There are steps the world might take. Perhaps it's in the form of free job retraining or much higher corporate taxes on automated industries. Perhaps it's to put a ceiling on personal net worth or to provide a basic income for all citizens. Governments and think tanks are considering the possibilities, and countries such as India, Canada, and Finland are already experimenting with solutions. Finland just launched a pilot in 2017 to provide a basic income of $580 to 2,000 unemployed citizens to see how effective it is in raising their livelihood. We shall see how the experiment bears out, and if other countries are willing to try their own version. Regardless of the particulars, the livelihood of the majority may hang on whether our society can overcome its current tendency to maximize individual profit in order to protect the greater good. As philosopher and neuroscientist Naif Al-Rodan stressed in a 2015 Scientific American article, we must welcome innovation and the benefits it brings us, but we must also remain committed to sustainable development, taking into account issues of inequality, human dignity, and inclusiveness. Equality, human dignity, inclusiveness, these values are all deeply rooted within the culture of Freemasonry. It is an intrinsically human habit to alter our world through the tools we create. It is also intrinsically human to debate the moral consequences of doing so. In the 1700s, the Enlightenment trumpeted the idea that advances in technology and science could improve the human condition. By the industrialized 1920s, however, a pessimistic alternative narrative had arisen. Some philosophers argued that machines had imprisoned mankind in a cycle of production and consumption. Now, we are in yet another era. In this one, technology often seems to be advancing faster than we can debate and regulate it. The handful of examples above are just a few snowflakes in the avalanche. Whether we are prepared or not, the near future may bring the greatest ethical challenges in generations. Many advances pit long-term consequences against short-term convenience, and the comparatively privileged individual against a varied and struggling society. A self-driving car can take evasive action to protect its driver, but what if it's at the expense of innocent pedestrians? 
A drug can dismantle a disease, but what if only the top 1% can afford it? There is no answer key for these questions. We must simply do our best to consider them carefully, honestly, and with the greater good in mind. This is where masonry comes in. Through the moral education it provides and its commitment to improving society, Freemasonry can help address the concerns that will take center stage in the coming decades. Masonry instills fortitude, prudence, and integrity. It teaches self-restraint. Above all, it lays out a curriculum for morality. It urges us to steadily persevere in the practice of every virtue. It provides tools for each of us to decide right from wrong and to be an example of what's right. And most importantly, it insists on setting aside time and space to do these things. Amid the impatience and reactivity of the 21st century, masonry takes the long view and a proactive stance. It begs us not to be complacent. Society will need this Masonic wisdom to face the challenges ahead. Most of us aren't scientists. We may never grasp the inner workings of ever-changing technologies. But we must make the effort to understand, at least, their consequences, their potential to help and harm others. We must engage with these dilemmas and see how and where we might make a difference. Now, more than ever, individual actions can have cascading effects on our communities and communities throughout the world, for better or for worse. The point within a circle is a beautiful illustration of the charge that each Mason must draw a line around his own desires to protect the rights of others. Indeed, as one of the defining symbols of Masonry, the compass serves to remind each brother to keep his passions within due bounds toward all mankind. This circle is to protect not just the points near himself, but in fact, all points outside of his circle, even those not seen or heard on a daily basis. We are all connected. By physically bringing members together in a lodge room and focusing on the timeless qualities that bind them, the fraternity drives this message home. It takes love of mankind out of the philosophical realm and embeds it in the heart. Masons know the phrase, by square conduct, level steps, and upright actions, we may hope to ascend to those ethereal mansions whence all goodness emanates. It's a reminder to move forward side by side with your fellow man, helping those who might not be able to make the ascent alone. Masonic scholar J.S.M. Moore doubles down on this lesson for the future in his article, The Moral Teachings of Freemasonry. He writes, When we look round the outside world and see how commercial competition has produced a spirit wherein the weakest are thrust to the wall, and men say, let the devil take the hindermost, we see that this little phrase conveys perhaps one of the most important and salutary lessons needed by the present generation. One of the great advantages of a lodge is that men rub shoulders with each other and learn that each is not the sole person in the lodge, but that others have their rights and are entitled to consideration. We are taught to subordinate our wills to the general good. In other words, we have to look out for each other. As the intersection of man and machine accelerates, it renders this message more urgent. In an age of screens, it's easy to lose sight of one another. In a wave of change, our basic instincts tell us just to stay afloat. But if we don't go to the trouble of struggling with right and wrong, if we don't honor our responsibilities to society and each other, then our very morality is at stake. Masonry doesn't give up on morality. It instills it. Society is about to face some difficult questions. It will need courage, guidance, and leadership to answer them conscientiously. Freemasonry can help show the way. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. 
We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.